The following podcast contains some strong language and some very average opinions. It's probably best if you don't listen at all. The Roaring Peacock Podcast. Welcome back to the Roaring Peacock podcast. Um, my name is Adonis. You know me from the Analytes. Um, massive week this week. Um, so the Jackson Five have been called up for international duty. Um, that's Charlie Creswell, Cody Drame. Is it Drama? Drame? How do you say it, Rob? Rob will know. I say Drame, but I, I don't know. We have to ask the man himself. Hopefully we get him on the podcast one day. Um, Lewis Bate? Or is it Bate? <laughs> Um, Sam Greenwood and Joe Gelhart, incomings before the deadline, Leo Helder, Hegelder, how do you say it, Rob? Hilde. There you go. And Dan James, well, Helder Costa headed to Valencia. Robbie Gotts and Jordan Stevens joined Barra. The under-23s edged Derby in a 3-2 thriller. The ladies beat Alnwick Town, <clears throat> easy for me to say. And the men's team were involved in a UFC bout in Burnley. Stuart Dallas has withdrawn from the Northern Ireland squad due to personal reasons. We wish him and his family all the best. And Calvin Phillips was voted England's Player of the Year with 40,000 votes. Joining us to discuss all this and much more is Rob at Juicy Rob. Good evening. And the chairman of the board himself at Wiggy1234. Good evening. Right, only one place to start. A uh, small Welshman after two and a half years of um, a sort of a brief sort of prison internment <laughs> across the Pennines has finally joined us. So um, the international, the, the transfer window, should I say? Wiggy, you want to go first? Yeah, I um, I, I know the uh, the Dan James transfer seems to be causing a lot of tra- controversy, both positive and negative. Uh, I think my personal one is now he's cleaned and washed from the other side of the Pennines. It's a great signing for us. I think um, we wanted to strengthen that area. You you look at the bench, you know, just on on Sunday just gone, and you're thinking who can change the game? Held the Costa, not really. So to upgrade to a, a Dan James, who I think is a fantastic signing for us, for me is a really positive. And I think I think it's the transfer probably that people are like, oh my, like the transfer fee that people are like, oh my god, that's a lot of money. But you've got to remember now we're in the Premier League and we're buying from a Premier League top four team, not from Swansea. He's had two years in the Premier League playing. He had just been a bit plat bit part player he's definitely played his, a good amount of games there so for me i'm uh, i'm really looking forward to seeing him uh, seeing him play in the white shirt he looks much better in white than he does in red that's for sure the small welshman rob yeah i'm happy with it i'm a bit like wiggy i think <laughs> it's a good signing you look at the position and we've strengthened in both areas Somerville for me is an upgrade on Pavetta, obviously who's gone out to learn on Blackburn. And I think obviously Dan James is a big upgrade on Costa. So if you look at that, whether you play inverted wingers or whether you go with them with their natural feet, you've got Somerville who for me is a better player than Pavetta and, and Dan James who's now come in who's a better player than Costa. Yes, I think the transfer fee was a little bit eyebrow raising because if you look at the price tag, a lot of Leeds fans might be thinking, oh, it's close to the Rodrigo fee and that we still don't know if that's going to work out or not. But ultimately, 
if you look at exactly what we said, Premier League players of that quality with that experience, both European and domestic, um, there's not many that go for cheaper than 25 million, um, really, unless they're unproven or, or maybe they're imports from the European market. So you pay more. The British price tag for a British player is more. That that happens. We know that. So, yeah, OK, you could argue that the price tag might be slightly inflated. But I think we've got a brilliant player on his hands there and happy to see him cleansed of his Lancashire uh, um, illnesses and brought over to Yorkshire for some rehabilitation with Murderball. <laughs> it was a man in the middle of the motorway. He stopped him. And yeah. Him. <laughs> him down. And, and then he came on his way. And he, he's fine now. He's glad to be here. We look good on the wings. Idea, we look good on the wings. Yeah. The Yorkshire, the Yorkshire border, just having um, some check stops and uh, disinfectants. Uh, Fifty appearances, six goals, <laughs> um, sixty-three shots. He had for scum with twenty-seven on target. Maybe he was just. Um, Deliberately sabotaging them. A few comments. Uh, Lil Don, not sure about you guys. I think 25 million is a bit too steep for James. It's the only thing that's steep about him, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel B, evening, gents. Glad I finally caught you live. Nora, I'm so excited for James. Um, everyone looks better in a white shirt than a red. No? Um, Bremner's ghost, 25 million seems like a good deal compared to us. Getting 31 million for Rio. Yeah, and like like you've both said, prices for British players are uh, crazy, aren't they? Um, I, I, yeah. I, the, the, at the minute, and I'm, they just can't seem to win. Like, sign a player, sign a player. Mm. Oh, that's too much for a player. Well, what do you want? Do you want them to sign someone or don't you? That's the price. If you want it, you pay it, and, and we've got our man. And... and as I'm sure we've all uh, all seen, Bielsa's wanted him for years, and Bielsa's got his man. So I'm, I, as I say, I'm delighted. They can't win, can they? Um, no. <laughs> the consensus was spend some money, and then they did, and then the consensus was, oh, maybe not that much. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? How could you win on that? <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, so the window in general then. Um, Helder Costa has, has headed out. Uh, I don't know who uh, Hielder is. Maybe Rob can enlighten us on the under-23s in a, in a second. Um, but I, there was a, a little bit of a chat in the group today about a rating out of 10 for, for the transfer window. Do you want to start off with that and, and how you feel it went? Yeah, uh, well, look, I... If you go out of 10, and uh, then I, I think a, a decent seven. I think um, we've got the position we wanted in terms of a left back. We've strengthened on the wings. I think everyone wanted a centre mid. We haven't got one. You hope that Farshaw works out. Um, yeah, I think we've, you know, the, the thing for me with the outgoing players, I think it was time for Costa to move on. I, I, you know, I don't think it was anywhere near uh, good enough for this level. Um, but some of the, the the players that have gone out in terms of the under twenty threes, it was it was their time to move on. I don't think they're going to make the grade at Leeds United. So I think all in all, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pleased. I'm comfortable. Rob, yeah, I, I gave it a seven in the group chat. I think it's a solid solid positional improvement in every in every aspect. I've already mentioned. I think the wings we've got Paveda replaced in essence. I know he's on, on loan, but uh, Somerville stepping up to those boots. We brought Dan James in to strengthen uh, versus Costa. Furpo in at left back. Um, and then I think 
you know, from the outgoing side, I think Costa will do well over in Valencia. I think, I do think they'll make it permanent. I know there's a lot of people joking on Twitter saying once they've seen him play, they won't want to sign him permanently. <laughs> I, I think they'll make that deal permanent. I just think we're not going to recoup a lot of the 17 million that we paid for him back. It'll be probably three, four, five million. Um, and then you look at the youth, and I think it's been another good, um, a good, well invested. Um, funds out to bring some good youth players in. We spoke uh, on a previous episode. We've got Miller, McGurk, Bait. Um, and for people who don't know those kind of players, if you watch the 23s, they'll be starting regularly. And I think, again, they're positional improvements. Um, I feel a little bit sad for Stevens and Gotts. I mean, Gotts, both of those actually were out on loan a lot last season. So from the 23s perspective, to lose both of them, and they've both gone to Barrow. Um, I think with Stevens, there was a connection with Cooper, who's the manager over there at Barrow. I think he nurtured him at Forest Green before he came to Leeds. So I think there's a connection there as to why they wanted to sign him. And obviously, Robbie's gone as part of that same deal or two separate deals, but they've ended up at the same club. Um, and then obviously young Bryce Hazana, who, you know, it never really worked out for him after he went to Bradford. He was injury stricken uh, and he's left on a freebie um, and he's gone to Wrexham. So Ryan Reynolds, Rob McKelleny, Money Rich Wrexham might make Bryce Hazana a superstar in the lower leagues, but wish them all well, wish all of them well, because they all gave a shift for the for the 23s and and uh, into the case of Robbie Goss, been at the club a long time. So, um, fair play to them. Thanks, thanks for their efforts. But overall, I'd give the transfer window a solid seven. Very nice. And my two cents on the transfer window is you just never really know. Yeah. I think that the club did a great job. Um, they, they did as much as they felt they could do with the valuations that were being floated around um, and the, the money that we've got. They kept a little bit in their back pocket in case something turned up in the last minutes, which it did. Um, and you just you just don't know. That's the thing. Anybody passing a judgment on it, um, it's really speculation at this point because they could turn out to be the worst signings we've ever made. And Or it could go the other way. I think that's a real point for me because, like, Angus came out earlier in the window, didn't he? And he said, look, you know, we're not skin. Everyone's saying we're skin. We're not skin. The right players available at the right price, we have the money to do that deal. And I think, for me, the securing of the Dan James um, transfer just, just says that. And, and for me, it builds a little bit of trust in terms of what he's saying to us. You know, we, we're not a, we, we are not uh, oil-rich. We have got to be sensible with the money we spend. But should the right transfer become available at the right price, we're there and, and we'll be able to do it. So for me, I think that's a real sign of uh, decent intent from them. I think longer term strategy, they're getting it right from from a base youth perspective. I agree with your sentiment, Donny. It can work the exact same way. We're bringing in Lewis Bate, Amari Miller. We're bringing in the young lads, um, McGurk. Uh, obviously, previously it's been Greenwood, Gelhart, Somerville, Drame. All these players we're bringing in for uh, from pittance to a couple of million. Some of them, which is not small change, you know, um, it adds up. And I think those lads that they're bringing in, they're clearly, they've got a design and, a, and an ideal solution that they want to step these people up as, as the kind of like production line to the first team, a la Shackleton or Stroik, something like that. Um, and then I think it opens up a separate question. If your players like Bogush and McCalmon, who are out there on loan in, you know, various guises, I think they're probably thinking, actually, we might end up going the same way as Stevens or Gotts and we'll we'll put ourselves out on loan in the shop window and then they'll, we'll move those players on. It seems to be that the from a youth perspective, the transfer strategy is if you stay within the PL 
two, Division Two, and now Division One. You stay within Mark Jackson's squad, you're probably in the plans for the first eleven or for that production line. If you get loaned out, we're kind of giving you that first team experience, but more than likely you've been put in a shop window to be moved on. Um, and that's I don't know if that obviously that's just my interpretation of it. So because I, th I think a lot of people were looking at McCalmont and Bogush and saying, well, if the foreshore um, experiment doesn't work, if he is injured again and he suffers another long-term injury, <laughs> are you going to bring them in because Shackleton will have to step up or Mr. All-Over-The-Pitch Dallas is going to have to step up and, and start playing centre-mid? So it's one of them. I think the youth the youth strategy is also kind of mirroring what's going on with the first eleven strategy and exactly what Wiggy said. When the right players are out there, they'll spend the money. The foreshore experiment. It just sounds like uh, yeah. an, an 80s B movie or something. Amazon documentary, <laughs> next season three, the foreshore experiment. Yeah. Coming to you in December. <laughs> <laughs> There's a scientist with a mad gleam in his eye on the front cover. It's Rob, it's Rob Price. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Recycling body parts from the players <laughs> we're loading out. He's like, I'm not losing this one. He's working. He's going to work. <laughs> <laughs> we will not lose this patient but he's dead he's been dead for a couple of years <laughs> the, the four car bot 320 <laughs> yeah, has anyone actually checked that it is really for sure and it's not a cyborg <laughs> that they've been building and they have got aluminium limbs <laughs> oh dear okay um is that it for transfers oh there was kiko as well so kiko yeah. a bit of a shadow of over the club yeah, let's Adios. move on. We've said yeah. enough about him. <laughs> and and now we've got and which is... We've still got Lawrence de Bock on the books, lads. Never mind, Kiko. No. He's, yeah, he's out on loan this season. He's gone to, where is he? He's in Zulte Wagrem or some club like that. He's, he's still on the books. He's got another year on his deal. <laughs> I was going to say, that's his last year, isn't it? Yeah. Uh... Oh. What a deal he got there. Um, and the, the other one was Wasim Boy, who we, we got rid of. Got um, rid of him. I think, yeah, the end of last season. But I was thinking of him as a kind of analogy to socios. Um, you know, LUFC dollars. You know that it exists somewhere, but you've never seen it. Like, it only really <laughs> exists on Instagram reels. And oh. what else? Um, you know that it's there. It's part of the club. You didn't ask for it. Nobody, you know, asked for it. Uh, or wanted it, but it is there, whether you like it or not. Um, and you know somebody's getting rich out of it, but you're just um, not sure who. It is a dog. Right. Probably, not, probably um, not the club either, to be honest. <laughs> definitely not the club. Um, Burnley? Yeah, uh, I was there. I managed to get a ticket, which was fantastic. Um, not Burnley the place, just to be clear. Uh, but it was good to be honest. <laughs> it was good <laughs> It was good to be on an away day. Great day out, Burnley. <laughs> Just as well, like, they, they named a pub after after Sean Dyche. It's called the Royal Dyche. They renamed this years-old pub. And honestly, I, I had to go in. I had to go in. Um, but, like, look, it was disappointing, I think. I just don't think... We seemed rudderless at times and just not to be able to get into a floor. I think Luke Haley won't great, and I think that really, really impacts us. I think the game was crying out for an Alioski. I really do, and I know that I was the first one saying, don't sign him up, let him go, but it, like we were creating all sorts of chances down that left-hand side with Harrison and, and whipping the ball in. There were no one ever there, but I think like Alioski on the overlap, which he did so well last season... 
would have created even more options for us to to um you know to go on and, and hopefully win the game i think at the end of the day i think a, a point was a fair result um but i think the game changes doesn't it if he gets a red card which he should have got and, and we'd have probably gone on and got three but on the balance of that decision you know going against us and the fact that they went one up and you know we managed to to, to get a point i think in the end it's a good point but it's them ones that you want to be winning is it is it crystal meth that makes you really angry? I don't know what um, Burnley's pre-match routine is, but there are a bunch of very angry young men, aren't they? And I, I feel like Alioski added to that to the mixer in that game would have been um, like the blue touch paper and stand well I, back. I think it's Daish's pre-match, like All right, lads, into him. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like proper getting him up for it. They got oh, their yeah. fans back as well, haven't they? It was it's always a difficult place to go, Burnley. I mean, I mm. thankfully didn't go to the place of Burnley, but I would have gone to the match <laughs> if I'd have got a ticket. But I it's always a difficult ground to visit. And listen, at some points of the game they weren't there to play football, were they? They you know, they were there to to try and rough it up and get in your face. But to be fair to them, it worked because uh, as you said, Wiggy, we had no rudder, the the leaders, the big the the in your face um people that would have grabbed that grain by the scruff of neck went missing a little bit, dare I say. And and, and without being too crit- critical of ourselves, Burnley didn't allow us to play how we would have liked to have played. And like you say, there's no one on the edge of balls. Passes were scruff- scruffy and sloppy at various points. And I think it just cried out for a bit more of a kind of um, uh, rough and ready uh, uh, kind of uh, mentality from ourselves. So, yeah, I mean, a, a draw was a fair point, but it was a difficult game to watch it was tedious at points and yeah they should have had a man sent off but I, I was joking last season that Daesh had had kidnapped the players kids and that way he was that was his motivating tool standing at the sideline remember I've got your kids <laughs> while, smoke, while smoking 40 B&A yeah <laughs> But simultaneously, genuinely believing his team play like prime Barcelona, that's what confuses me. When he's like, oh, you know, we had quality in certain areas of the pit. What quality? No quality. It's almost like he's got VR glasses on, aren't you? And seen a yeah. different game to us because, yeah, they're, they're not very good, have they? He's living no. in a simulation. If the man, but he, he genuinely interviews after the game, like he's had, like he's done hard shift himself. He's been out there with his boots on, pinging <laughs> forty yarders like pillow feet, and he's just there. Oh, like well, quality, we showed quality in flashes. No, you didn't. There's no quality. <laughs> um, a few few more comments. Um, what happened to Daryl Dyke on loan? I d- I don't know that. That sounds like a made-up name. It always did. And I stopped listening to rumours a while back. So unless it comes out of the mouth of Phil Hay or um, Fabrizio Romano, now that we're in the Premier League. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) Here we go with Fabrizio Romano. Uh, Lewis W, I reckon now Bielsa has the player he has wanted for for years. We can move on and really build on the squad. Bowie Doctor, the youngsters look good for the future. I hope we see more of them coming off the bench for the first team. Um, and he also said he's been done by Doctor Strange, <laughs> which is a foreshore reference. Uh, Bandy Fornoski, we were not that bad. Burnley's plan was 
pure brutality and to hope for the best. Um, we had to deal with a thousand corners and cut very well considering last season. That's a good point, actually. Set piece defending was actually all right <laughs> without touching, you know, without jinxing it too much. We actually looked fairly robust defending set pieces, but that was because we had the three at the back, didn't we? I think if you put two in there, then we've got a mistake in us still, I think, from set pieces. Um, what I'm drinking, by the way, is aloe vera juice. And um, what I noticed just before coming on is it's called Best. <laughs> best. Um, and I'm, I, I guess it's Tea Best because it's from Korea and nowhere near Yorkshire. Um, no, but it's a it's definitely Yorkshire in part. Tip best right. water. It's green. Tip best water. Council pop. <laughs> they had to export it from Yorkshire because no one would drink it here. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, most people don't even know what aloe vera is. It's to the nan. And I'm drinking grape juice. Lovely. Very nice. Fermented? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> of the highest is that, quality. Is that rosé, Wiggy? Yes. Very nice. Yes. I I went out in Burnley after and drank rosé in pubs that I probably should drink rosé wine. <laughs> out of a pint <laughs> glass. Yeah, yeah, totally. God. Can I have a glass of rosé, please? A what? I mean, a pint of rosé? <laughs> it's for that beautiful uh, lady over there. <laughs> <laughs> And and um and and then they said, well, that's definitely unbelievable because there's no beautiful <laughs> ladies in Burnley. True. <laughs> uh, Brenner's ghost. We needed some dirty leads to beat dirty Burnley. Um, Bandy says we should have won the game the first half. Kieran says I think we're overthinking our poor start. And Nora says it's so annoying this kind of football. It makes me angry. Yes, zero quality. They probably just put some food coloring in some white wine for you, Wiggy. <laughs> Rightio, uh, Rob, can you please give us an update on the under 23s? Yeah. Um, the future England centre back Charlie Cresswell signed a new deal, which I really like. Um, four year extension. We've got quite a few bits and bobs of news actually this week from the 2023s and even the 21s and the 20s. Um, in total, there were uh, 17 international call-ups across the development squads, which I think is phenomenal. Um, so for the 21s, you've got Bogus for Poland, Klaassen, uh, the new keeper that we signed, Melier and Cresswell. Under 20s, we had Drame, Bate, Greenwood and Gelhart all going to the England uh, setup, which you mentioned at the, the start of the, the programme. Under 19s, we got uh, Allen, uh, Chikakoa Mullen, Van der Heuvel and Coleman for their various international uh, call-ups, Scotland, uh, Netherlands, Ireland and Wales. Uh, Hilde and Coleman for the under-18s and then Godden and Ombang for the 17s as well. So yeah, across the whole board, 17 international call-ups for this break across Leeds United's development squads, which I think is an absolute phenomenal um quantity really across so fair play to the everyone involved in the academy setup um and then yeah the results we've actually not done a youth cast for a while so we, we missed there was the two games last week it was a bit jam-packed and like you say both were were and were not without incident should i say uh quite end-to-end -end stuff um a quick summary of them um, i think that the result against derby was needed after a slightly 
I'd say unflattering scoreline against Spurs. I don't think we deserved the the result that we got against Spurs. Definitely not the, by the scoreline that we got. But to beat Derby on the Friday was a was a cracking result. And I think Mark Jackson summarised it really well with his post match after Derby, which is we've just got to get back to a bit more of the basics and 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 when we are pushing forward, a bit less gung ho and and like any team that's leaking goals, shore it up at the back. But I think you've got to also contextualise or put into context that that 23s has gone through a shift as well. So there's still players bedding in. We mentioned already the players that we've brought in um, who all look in their own individual way quality, by the way. Um, but also you've got, with the increase in the bench capacity for the first 11s, you've got more players that are having to kind of step in and out. Um, I think it was McCarron that was on the bench for Burnley um, as, as, a, as a left back, as a obviously potential replacement with Furpo out if he was needed. So you've got some of these lads like your, um, your fringe players that are going to get a lot more opportunity to step up on the first 11 uh, bench, which will then mean by the Monday when we're playing for the 23s, if some of them have seen minutes or if they've been travelling away on the Sunday, um, that they might not make that squad for the 23s. So similar to last year, we're going to see a lot of vertical integration with the 18s, the 23s and the first 11. We're going to see a lot of players shifting up and down the ladder, which other clubs don't tend to do. They tend to box off or ring fence their development squads, whereas Bielsa likes to keep them involved in training sessions with the first uh, first 11 and so on. So, yeah, um, a mixed week in terms of results. You know, tough against Spurs, but bounce back with a good win against Derby. Overall heading in the right direction. Um, and very, very, very pleasing to see some of the kind of tidbits that are coming out, like Cresswell's extension, uh, the international call-ups, um, and to see the new guys bedding in really well. Um, I was I was most impressed with, once again, Mr. Somerville, um, and uh, Amari Miller looks like a decent acquisition as well. Perfect. And that moves us nicely on to the international break, then, uh, everyone's favourite topic. Well, but now we've got Patrick Bamford and England's Player of the Year, Calvin Phillips, <laughs> involved. How much pissed did that boil, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> I, I loved Calvin just going, yeah, that's Leeds fans. <laughs> 40,000 votes. It had nothing to do with um, people, people making screenshots and instructions on how to use a VPN um, to make multiple <laughs> votes. 40,000 40, votes he got. Um, Raheem's scratching his head, isn't he? Like, how have I not won that? <laughs> <laughs> um, Tyler involved today, 83 minutes of a nil-nil draw um, against Finland with Wales, um, but England then. Hungary tomorrow, and then Andorra, and on Wednesday next week, uh, Poland. So there you go. Interesting tidbit for you. Just a little statistician thing that I noted down. England mm. have conceded only once from open play in the 15 games that Calvin has played. He played every game at the Euros, obviously, as we know, and covered 83 kilometres across the tournament, including the full 120 minutes in both the semi-final and the final. I saw that tweet earlier that was tweeted out by an uh, a shall name remainless a betting company that was uh, trying to promote <laughs> promote their own betting company on the back of Calvin, which I don't know how that goes down. But yeah, I thought that was really interesting, especially the conceded once from open play. I didn't realise that. I knew that we'd been steady at the back when they were playing him and Rice um, or Henderson and Rice or him and Hendo as a combination of. But to only concede once when he's played is a, a stat that I'm sure he's hoping to uh, uh, 
see continue. Bamford should also get some minutes as well, shouldn't he, with Calvert-Lewin going out injured? Because Kane won't play all three, will he? He won't play all three games. So I think Bamford will get some minutes, which will be very nice for him. That'd be lovely, wouldn't it? It would. It would be joyful. I'm. I'm. I'm definitely more worried about Bamford at international level, though, because I just think the obviously the style of play and how they play is completely different to our League United play and the role he plays for us. And I can just see a bloody Twitter having a meltdown, calling him crap. And I just hope he don't, um, you know, read that and see that because I, you know. Yeah, I think for us, he's, he's definitely England's number nine and, and I want him to continue. And I, and that was a point on Burnley, like, whilst it was a crap game and, and it was shit, the, you know, the real, <laughs> the real positive out of that is that Bamford got on the sheet and, uh, and opened his, his account, hopefully, for another really productive season. So I'm delighted for it. It's so cute watching him and Calvin together. It literally is like first day at school where he's following his friend around. <laughs> Did you see Henry Winter tweeted out that Bamford was the first there? He was like yeah. the, the first kid at school with his little lunchbox and bag yeah, turning up all I'm excited. Literally, I literally expected to have a little Legion United lunchbox stood next to Calvin asking, where do we go for lunch? Yeah, he's got his cello or violin in the bag as well, hasn't he? Yeah. To try and you yeah. know, serenade the lads before the kickoff. Mm. He took totally- he totally deserves it, though, doesn't he? Like, what an incredible rise. I'm, I'll be really honest. I want his biggest fan for, for a long, long time. But I just think he is just... He's turned into this, just this phenomenal player that, you know, I love. And I can totally see why why Bielsa loves him, the shift he puts in. And, and he definitely leads from the front every time. I'm, I'm really delighted for him. I think he's it's well-deserved. I hope he has a cracker. Uh, I, you know, I hope he, he can fit into that England mould um, and, and come away with his head held high, which he, he does for me anyway. But yeah. When I feel frustrations with, for example, Roberts, which I know you don't feel the same level of frustration as I do, Wiggy, but um, I, I do think of Bamford and, and how much he's, he's changed and improved. Compared to the, the the first year we had him, he's, I know his conversion rate still gets called into question, but it was through the floor, wasn't it? It was like 9%. And then he doubled it up and increased that in the year we got promoted. And against Crew, for example, just the other night, if he hadn't come off the bench, I don't think we, we could have played 200 minutes and not scored a goal. We looked like... And when he came on, he was pulling defenders off the ball ragged. And then obviously Harrison decided to wake up and there we go. We, we finished it off easily enough. But yeah, when he came on against Crew, I thought he was the biggest difference maker. And it, that's what... When we when he's not in the first 11 or when he's missing, we don't look the same threat at the minute. So it is important that he stays fit. Um uh, but I, I do hope he gets some minutes, which I think he will, because Kane can't. We, Southgate won't play Kane all three games, so I think Bamford will get on at least one of them. <clears throat> yeah, it's Hungary tomorrow, um, Andorra on Sunday, and then Poland next week. So you'd think probably Andorra would be the one, wouldn't it? Uh, give Kane a break in that middle bit, and you say Patrick Bamford against Andorra. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I mean it's, it's got to be easier than playing against Chelsea or. So these like, Premier League teams. Well, we Burnley. thought that about crew, didn't we? And it's, <laughs> that was. Are any England games friendly? Are they all qualifiers? I, oh, that's how much interest I. I actually don't know. World, World Cup qualifiers. qualifiers. Fine. Okay. Let's see if we get some minutes. 
it it'll rotate be. though surely because people are the, the season's only three games in i think there's a fitness question about the lads that played in the euros anyway still some of them not all of them i think he'll do i think donny's right i think the andorra game is probably where we'll see with all due respect to andorra the second 11 and the, and the other two games he'll play is preferred first 11s and, and let's be honest harry kane had an extended summer didn't go back till about seven games in we're not even yeah. seven games in yeah, he was hanging out, hanging out around uh, uh, Manchester. <laughs> yeah, around Piccadilly Square, waiting to get a, a bus up to the Etihad. Can I play with you guys? Oh, it would probably be like, can I play with you guys? He, t- he turned his "Where's my iPhone?" off, so Daniel, if he couldn't find him. <laughs> um, a few comments. Joe Depp, evening all, evening Joe. Uh, Neptune, Dan James under Bielsa is different gravy. Certainly hope so. Mark, who will be the first under-23 player to get minutes with the first team and by when? This is looking into the crystal ball here, Mark. Um, I would have said Somerville, but we've just bought a fancy new winger. Um, Welso Fulls, that's Dan Welso, our mate. Dan, even though uh, he's a Chelsea fan, so we'll forgive him that. I'm looking forward to seeing what Bamford can do in an England shirt. As are we, Dan. Uh, Colin Brooks, when was the last time we had a leads-to-leads assist at England level? That's one for stats. Um, mm-hmm. KP Paul to Bamford. Um, I think, wasn't it Lee Bowyer to Alan Smith? But I'm pretty sure, sh- was that a friendly? Oh, I can't, I can't even remember. We need stats for that one. You were right. Yeah, yeah. stats, I'm afraid. Right. Um, anything else? I think they're the the main points, aren't they? I think uh, it's been very, very um, an interesting few days. I think we obviously mm. look uh, oh, we look forward to Liverpool, which I know is in well, it's over a week, isn't it? But uh, yeah, I'm excited for that already. Uh, it stayed at the same kickoff time. That's all confirmed, so that's brilliant for me personally. <laughs> yeah, Sunday um, for that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and 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 then I think. Yeah, obviously we expect to get beat by Liverpool. Um, and if we do, that's, you know, I just don't want people to go into meltdown. Like, the next run of games after the Liverpool game are all winnable games for us to start to put some points on the board. Yes, it was disappointing we didn't pick anything up against Burnley. But let's look at the positives. We came from behind twice against Everton. We came from behind against Burnley. We've got fight and grit and teams in the last 20, 10 minutes just do not look like they could get near us and our fitness just flies through. So I think get through the Liverpool game and then uh, and then for me, it's it's time to start picking up points and moving up the league. I was watching something on fantasy football the other day, some one of these uh, fantasy Premier League channels and one of them was saying about Leeds players after the Liverpool game because we don't play a team in the top four or top five, I think it was from last season's as it was finished last season until the end of November. So we've got a stretcher, like you say, of very winnable games. If we're still languishing in sort of 15th and 16th uh, at the end of that, then you've got to think, okay, well, something's not going right. We're still safe, but something's not going right. But I think um, we'll come good. I can see us getting a point against Liverpool. I'd like to think we've got the capabilities anyway. Post-international break, you know, renewed energy. but yeah, if we lose that game, it is important. People do not lose their heads, which we know they will. Twitter will be horrible. Yeah, I think, you know, we, we so we play Liverpool, then there's Newcastle mm. after that. 
Um, West Ham. So I think West Ham again will be will be tricky. So even the next three games, we've got one that should be winnable. But after that, Watford, Southampton, Wolves, Norwich. So those four games, we should be we we could get three wins or or you know, and that would really kickstart our season. Um, after that, we've got Leicester and, and Spurs. We beat bo- both of those teams by fairly big margins um, in games last season. And then Brighton, we, we're never, probably never going to win in Brighton, so forget about that. Um, Crystal Palace. <laughs> the curse of the Amex. We spoke about it last year, didn't we? What a horrible situation it is when we go there. Yeah. Um, Crystal Palace and Brentford. So, again, games we should be winning both at home um, before that disastrous run in December. So I think it's okay. It was a very tough start to the season going to scum. <laughs> um, Everton are, are going to be a very difficult team to beat easily for, for teams now because A, they've got very good players. B, they've got Rafa Benitez now, who we all know about Rafa. He's Teams are notoriously difficult to break down. I think we'll look and back at that and say that was a good point. You know, at the end of the season, I think Everton yeah. will surprise a few people. And I think people will look back and think, actually, that was a decent point at home to them. Yeah, they were already good before they got uh, Damari Gray, and who was clearly the bargain of the window, even though Messi went to PSG for free. Right. Nothing to worry about. We'll no. be back soon. We Remain calm. First. Injury free through international break, please. Every single player, doesn't matter what squad they're in, 23s, 18s, first team, keep them all fit. Get them back after this pointless international break. No more COVID, please, as well. I'd love to avoid any more first team 11s having to isolate for 10 days. Yeah, I think, I can't remember who it was, but I saw on Twitter somebody said, I can't tell you how much I enjoy um international tournaments and hate international breaks <laughs> correct <laughs> and they're mostly because they're pointless um especially all these i mean should england really be playing andorra do we need to be doing that no we don't <laughs> qualification isn't it no. they love a good complex overly complex fixture system to milk the money out of the thousands of fans don't get me started on fifa or uefa right and so just enough time then we we had a similar segment last season and i know that uh, i'm definitely rusty i think we all are getting back into these podcasts um but i seem to remember on the main cast we had certain segments um that kind of uh uh, put some markers, like gave some structure. That's what I want to say. Gave some st- structure to this. <laughs> gave some structure to your sentence that you're trying yeah. to say. <laughs> yeah. um, so one of them was, what's your thing? So I was wondering, that's something we did with stats. So it, it's something that maybe you've discovered in the last week. It doesn't have to be Lee's related. could be about anything uh, or something that you've been enjoying recently. And I just thought I'd, I'd spring this upon you now. Um, so the last week, have you discovered? Shall I go first? Go first. Okay. There's a podcast. It's called Criminal. That's what I've been listening to recently. Um, 
sort of when I walk around or, or when I work or something nice to just listen to a podcast. It's really good. Uh, it's sort of half hour, roughly episodes, and they're all a different story about a different crime. And it doesn't, it's all true crime, but it doesn't have to be a murder necessarily. It could be fraud or, or whatever. So they do all sorts of different stories essentially. And they're really, really interesting. I highly recommend it. Criminal. Cool. I might have a listen. Okay. Wiggy, Rob, what's your thing this week? Uh, so what, what have I learned in the last week? Yeah, or a new thing that you've discovered, a yeah. film that you watched, or whatever so it is. So I learned and found out that Burnley is a shithole. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> First time I've ever been, and it was an absolute dump. There you go. The best place about Burnley is the train station out of there. <laughs> there we go. What an interesting week I've had. <laughs> <laughs> Go on top of that. I was going to say, I learned that cricket live is really quite a pleasant experience because I've never been to a live cricket game in my life. I don't dislike the sport, but I'm, I'm very much an armchair fan. Ashes, World Cups, 2020s, if it's a decent game, that's about it. But um, I've never been to see it live. And I went to Headingley to watch day two of the tests the other day where Joe Root batted his 100, which just took him to the top of the uh, batting uh, rankings in the world, I, I found out as well this today. And it was a, a, a mad experience. Um, I wouldn't take my film say and sit with like a Victoria sponge and some cucumber sandwiches. It might be a little bit boring, but I went with the lads. We went all dressed as ducks. There was like 12 of us. Um, and we just went and it was a proper good day out. Headingley, if you've ever been, good ground, decent beer. They got loads of like um, stalls behind in the kind of concourse where you could choose and buy different beers. They'd got um, all different types of like food options available and the atmosphere was good and it was a cracking day out. So yeah, I've learned that cricket is tolerable if you go live. <laughs> <laughs> cricket is tolerable if you're pissed. Yes, that's it. That's me. <laughs> all ducks, aren't we? I don't look like I'm enjoying it on that picture, but that's a very badly timed still, which someone has, uh, has taken of me. But yeah, it, it was a cracking experience. Um, it was good. I enjoyed it actually. Um, it, to be fair, Rob, it's never been my thing, but like I think the experience and going to get pissed up with the lads is one that yeah. I'm I'm all up for. I could go watch paint dry if you're getting pissed up with the lads. Like it's a good day out, man. Good day out. Yeah, yeah, it's good, isn't it? Um, okay, last few comments then. So if you want something said, you better get in there quick. Um, uh, Colin Brooks, James, to come on and score and uh, set uh, get the winner. Joe Depp, looking forward to seeing Bate in the full full squad. Bandit, the season is long, and later down the line, we might well see some of these youngsters get a look in. Bielsa keeps them close, lets them warm up, and psychologically, that makes them hungry for it. <laughs> I think, I think, like with, with the twenty three, <laughs> I'm not saying anything. Get all that. <laughs> With with the twenty threes and the ones we've signed, I don't I don't watch the twenty threes. I look at Rob and go, tell me what's going on. But we need to be realistic. Some are going to make it, some are not. Come on. That's yeah. just exactly the way that it's gone. You know, Stevens, Scotts, they were all in the frame, so they were going to be the next big thing, and they haven't made it. And but you look at Strike and you look at Shackleton, who are making it. Like it's going to go one way or the other. It's uh, it's part of the process, you know. Yeah. So some, as I say, some will make it, 
than someone. And I, I hope that Somerville and uh, Greenwood and Gellhart, they're the ones that, you know, we're talking about and, and, and they make it. But realistically, some of them might not make it. And that's absolutely fine. I think that's part of the process and part of what, what we're going through. What we can do, hopefully, with those lads, though, and, and I don't mean sort of going into, like, uh, I think Simon Jordan on TalkSport calls it flesh trading, where you trade off the younger talent like like a Chelsea does. But what we can do for sure is give them a good experience whilst they're here because the academy staff yep. look after them. They've got great facilities. Yep. Bielsa's invested in that. They've got top-of-the-line facilities with a really good... Well, let's face it, a lot of people's first 11 teams don't get the same support that our 23s do. Um, and when, when they play a home game in front of fans at that level or when they get to the bench, they'll, they know that the Leeds fans are next level different I think and then when we do come to move them on if we have to sell them the only thing I would like to see is that we can recuperate some money or that we invest that money that we get for them in saving of the contracts into the next crop of youth and I think it's just creating that cycle and I think that's really what alters no one's sitting I agree with you we know no people shouldn't be sitting here thinking the 23s right now will be the same 11 of our first 11 in three years' time. It doesn't work like that. We'll probably see one or two of them come through. Some of them may be like with Stroik, it came about due to circumstance and he was thrust forward and he seized his opportunity. With players like, you know, Somerville or Drame, they might have to wait a bit longer because, you know, we've got right-wing options, we've got Aileen and, and people in that play their position. And some of them may opt to move on to further their career quicker which we, we saw at centre-half, you know, you've, you've got Cresswell and then we've now got three, four recognised centre-halves. So, unfortunately, um, oh, I forgot the last name now. I'm just drawing a blank. He moved on. So, you know, you're going to face that situation, I think, as well, where some of them want to move on. We might move some of them on. But whilst they're here, if we give them the right develop level of development, they've got a good chance of progressing in cups and winning stuff at under-18, under-23 level and being part of one of the, well, the best football club in England. So... Right. Um, Mark says, uh, just avoid bad losses. And I wanted to say something about that, because if you look at like Chelsea, if you look at England, um, three centre-back, you know, very defensive formation, three centre-backs with Chelsea, two defensive midfielders sitting in front of them. That's five players in the middle who are kind of, their sole responsibility is defensive work. And that is why they get so many clean sheets. And Bielsa is never going to play like that. No. <laughs> we live never. by this. He wouldn't sacrifice the attackers for defenders. He just would never do it. So we're going to get bad losses from time to time. We just need to avoid them against Scum. <laughs> yeah. I don't mind getting a bad loss, you know, in the cup away at Fulham. But I'd rather not get them. I'd rather not get them against Scum. Yeah. Last season it was it was a blow, but it wasn't a full on meltdown. And then it happened again this season. And yeah, I, I I keep going back to this, but there were days when we were mid table Premier League, and the only thing that mattered is if we beat Scum or not. So that's kind of the mentality of the fans. Maybe we could be a little bit more uh, defensive when we play against them. Nah. Uh, Bandy said no. No. no, okay. No, All right. Well, we might get some bad losses then. Um, Bandy, if we beat Liverpool, the title race is on. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Joe Depp, if you com complain about England playing Andorra, then you don't like the FA Cup, surely. I do like the FA Cup, uh, but Leeds never play well in Cups. 
So, um, and the other thing is, it's just England playing Andorra, to me, it's just, it's a useless fixture, um, especially, you know, when there's still a pandemic going on technically. Um, but, and the, the players are playing too much anyway. And anyway, I just don't care about England that much playing qualifiers or friendlies. Like England are going to qualify probably anyway. Um, and Leeds are not going to win the FA Cup. Uh, I, I really enjoy watching Leeds. Leeds can go and get themselves injured playing for Leeds. That's that's tolerable. But now we've got players in the England team, I'd rather they didn't go get injured playing a meaningless game against Andorra. And you know it'll happen to someone. It happened, it's happened previously. Hopefully not one of our players, but someone always comes back from the squad, I'm not saying the Leeds player, but from the squad with a knock or an injury that keeps him out for a few weeks and then sets the situation back. But yeah, it's not going to change, is it? I think it's only going to get worse next year because the Qatar World Cup's in December, isn't it? So the the gap for for, for the for normal footballing um, calendar is going to be very peculiar next year. Yeah. Mark made a clarification here. Bad losses against poor teams. Well, we can all get behind that. Let's not lose to Brighton and Crystal Palace this season okay that's uh that's your lot then um quick prediction for england three wins no injuries that will do that's yep. all i can take about. that yeah i have no <laughs> i've nothing else to say hopefully bamford gets some minutes right well thanks everybody thanks for joining us thanks uh, to bandy mark joe um colin words uh nora who is your my beautiful assistant no she's not <laughs> my assistant um she's an independent woman <laughs> you're totally getting in trouble after this <laughs> stream just goes dead <laughs> yeah the feed's been cut right. she's like angry emojis ready <laughs> you bastard <laughs> Don't you be calling her Debbie McGee next. <laughs> Debbie McGee. There's a Nora, look up Debbie McGee. You'll know what I mean. She'll be soaring oh, Donnie in half, mate. <laughs> 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 the other way. Yeah. Or he'll disappear, one or the other. <laughs> Gonna have to pull a rabbit out of the hat to dig myself out of that one. Okay. Right. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, uh, so joining us today was at wiki one two three four good evening thank you everyone and there was juicy rob at juicy rob thank you for joining us he's very juicy and uh my name's adonis and you can find me at the adelites you can find us at peacocks raw till next time no. stay safe